Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, welcome to part three of the Stompcast. My Rose and I are wandering and meandering and, and stomping, more importantly, in a beautiful part of the world. We're here um, close to, to, to Bristol. What's the name of the... the We're currently the, at Chew Valley Lake. Chew Valley Lake, which is absolutely beautiful. There are plenty of birds to see. And actually, I was going to ask you, how many birds have you seen, do you think? In the world or in yeah. the UK? <laughs> in the world, because I understand you've got a quite an amazing record of the number of birds that you've seen. I have. I um, got the record for being the youngest person to see half the bird species in the world. And how many um, bird species which, roughly is that? That was about 5,300 at the time. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of birds. Abby's um, jaw just did drop to the floor. <laughs> I witnessed that. We should have got a photograph. Um, how many birds do you think you've seen now? Um, around 5,800. Wow. Um, wow. And what's your, what is your favourite bird species? If you could pick one you had to pick one obviously we all love all birds but i think i kind of have two types of birds that i really mm. love like the first one is i love hummingbirds and mm. i have since i was a kid i think they're so beautiful um and i remember finding out that like those are people's garden birds in the us and being so jealous um because they're just like beautiful jewel tones kind of like the insects of the bird world um i also really like big scary birds um that could kill you um which birds can kill you Oh, loads. Um, really? For years, my favourite bird was the southern cassowary, which you get in Australia. And it's like this big dinosaur bird that's like six feet tall. What? Um, ha and has like these massive talons that it does like slash people with. Um, that was gorgeous. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I've actually had I, I, I had an Australian um, stomper who listens to Stompcast stop me from not long ago. They were, they were actually over on holiday and they mm. said hello. So I, I, I should have asked. Well, like, they should have told me about that. I Th mean, they should have. The dangers, not only the spiders and the sharks. And things. <laughs> no, the it's birds the birds. Yeah, well. absolutely. Wow. Um, what else? I... The bird actually that I spent years and years trying to see, I decided I wanted to see a bird called a harpy eagle when I was about eight. I didn't see it till I was 17 and it's beautiful. It's the biggest eagle in the world. Um, you get it in the Amazon forest and it has these massive talons because it hunts by grabbing monkeys off the top of trees. Um, and it's like just amazing and massive and scary and therefore beautiful. Um, wow. And it was it was so exciting when I finally saw one. Wow, that is incredible. So so people also probably have a stereotype of thinking, oh, it's just like pretty little birds in the garden. But you can these these could be some oh, serious no. birds. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like the bald eagle, for example. <laughs> exactly. Incredible. Some of them aren't they? They really are. And one of the ones that I um, so if, uh, I always loved seeing the red kites uh, flying because I. I grew up in West Wales and Pembrokeshire and, oh, course, and yeah. you'd see a lot of kites, um, uh, particularly around when they were harvesting and things. Mm. Quite, and buzzards as well, lots yeah. of buzzards. The kites would just kind of circle above. I think they look at the field, don't they? They, see they the do, cool... yeah. Kites are fantastic, actually. And they're a really nice um, story. And actually, about 20 years ago, they were really, really endangered in the UK. You wow. mentioned, like, it was actually one little area in West Wales. Really? Um, that was, like, the last place, basically, that you could find them. Well, there you go. And like, I, that would have been because yeah. I'm 32, alas. Like, <laughs> um, and, so, and so that would have been when I was, like, 10, 12 years yeah, old. Yeah, like, I remember as a kid driving into the depths of Wales to go to, like, 
the one farm where you could see them and it was a really big deal where versus was the farm? like somewhere in West Wales. I, I actually can't imagine remember. If you, imagine if I actually saw a red kite before you did. <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely did. I doubt it. You probably saw um, it like four years old or something. <laughs> um, and like That's versus really now, cool. if you drive around, like they are spreading across the UK at such yeah. a fast pace because they basically stopped wow. being persecuted. Driving along the motorway, Why you'll do see they them flying them? around. Um, farming or whatever. Yeah, historically farmers and birds of prey haven't got on in the UK. Um, and... Um, various species have kind yeah. of been poisoned or shot and stuff like that versus a lot of birds of prey are making a big comeback now which oh, is really that's, nice that's amazing so that's a that's really cool it's amazing things like that you you talk about something and like what are what are the chances of, yeah. of that really that's really cool <laughs> it's it's amazing your face lights up when you talk about this passion yeah. of yours how how important is it do you think that you personally have owned owned the stuff that you enjoyed and gone, you know, mm. I like this, this is for me, whatever, I don't care what people think. And how much do you think, you know, what would your advice be, I think, to other people who who perhaps are afraid of trying new things based on what people think or, mm. you know, not sure about trying something new. I think a good example, Francis Bertrand with, with the train spotting. I yeah. mean, just put train spotting on the map, um, you know, excuse the pun, uh, you know, really brought it, you know, to people's interest and it's kind of cool to own that stuff now. So yeah, yeah what what would you, how important has it been for you and, and what would you advise to people listening who, who perhaps want to try something new? Well, it's been massive in that actually one of the kind of things or ongoing threads in um, my book Bird Girl is kind of being a young teenager and kind of grappling with the fact that I loved birds and I had this hobby that I loved while also being like totally mortified mm. and embarrassed um, and but also doing all of this stuff online and the campaigning that I loved but then being mortified when my peers found and it was kind of this constant thing where I was almost em embarrassed of the things that I loved and it, I was kind of tearing myself apart trying to kind of pretend that I didn't do it at school and then doing it all mm. in my spare time and it was this whole thing throughout my teens and even somewhere like we where we are now which is beautiful like I get really anxious walking around because it's like what if someone from school sees me and it was stupid because mm. everyone knew and I think one of the biggest lessons as I got a bit older was just that like no one cares that much about what you're doing in your spare time and like I, I guess being a teenager in some ways is being like very self-absorbed mm. but I think kind of realizing that people didn't really care and actually when I was a bit younger probably just weren't that interested I think was a big lesson for me and but the really nice thing is as I've gotten older people it's more than people aren't that interested people are kind of increasingly mm. I think anyone who does something of interest mm. in their life who has a hobby that is yeah. interesting people are fascinated by that and um, in particular in terms of my activism and campaigning when I finally got confident enough to talk to my peers about it loads of them were like yeah we think that's really cool that you do that and I was like you're like what and I was like what <laughs> and so I really think that like life is too short to not do the things mm. that you enjoy and to not try new things because i think most of the time people either don't care or will be interested mm. um and i really really advise everyone to give whatever they're thinking about mm. right now when we're mm. talking about this a go because it will be worth it you know there's a really um there's a, there's a great saying that effectively um goes along the lines or says that you know youth is no guarantee of uh of, of energy and age mm. isn't, isn't, isn't a guarantee of wisdom and the opposite of course being 
being true. But you're you're very wise uh, at your you know your age. And I mean that in the least patronising no, way possible. You. you really are like very wise. Where, where does that wisdom come from, or that perspective? I think that to have that perspective and realise that you know to almost have the ability to look outward inwardly and be like, well, actually, people aren't that. You just do what you want to do, and and to kind of not let that stop you. Where does that come from? Is that because you've kind of got into all these things and learnt because you've had a varied life and done lots of things, or is that in your childhood, is that part of who you are? You know, have you reflected on that before? I don't think so, partially because mm. I've never thought of myself as a particularly wise person. But mm. I think, um, like, especially because, you know, I just gave you a snapshot of what I was like when I was mm. younger. And I think sort of being kind of very anxious and shy and awkward as a younger kid and then kind of growing through that and kind of having to self-reflect, mm. I think, to grow through that. and. Um, was probably a very important life lesson for myself mm. and I think um, it's part of it yeah. seeing you know um, I wonder you know how much of it when you're you know I think when you grow up in a situation where you know your family's going through something maybe a loved one you know your mum mm. uh, you know having bipolar disorder you know being around in those circumstances I wonder how much of that also gives perspective at times perhaps you know like the idea that when you've you know when you've gone through something you have something yeah. do you know what I mean you, you yeah. kind of you, it really life teaches you quite a lot doesn't it I, oh god yeah um <laughs> I think um I don't know I I think in some ways probably yes in the like um like I guess in terms of my mum in particular actually again one of the most difficult things throughout my teens was kind of com coming to terms with the fact that my mum was, you know, oh, I use the word unwell, but my mum was mentally ill and that mm. she would continue to be throughout my life mm. because that is the nature of bipolar and kind of learning to have empathy within mm. that situation. But um, I don't know, I think everyone's life experiences mm. shape them. Like that's kind of the whole point. Mm. Um, Absolutely. I, I, you know, going back to people owning and, and I think just doing what they want in life you know one of the things with the school uh, system and how it's constructed is that we kind of squeeze people into into the system and it, it tries to produce almost you know identical mm. people that fit within this and, and you know I'm I'm neurodivergent I have ADHD and well I was fortunate enough that I survived school um, but it, I wouldn't say it was an environment for me to to, to, to thrive and I think there's a lot of people that, that they find that they can't be exactly who they want yeah. to be in, in, in that environment. And then they come out into society and then they think, well, I need to conform also to everyone else's interests and mm. I should be interested in this because other people aren't because it's seen to be cool or Instagram says mm. it is. But this feels like there's a bit of a movement away from that. Like why, you mentioned about authenticity. Why, why do you think people have an appetite now to hear from, see people that are doing things differently? Is it, do you think it's because Maybe they haven't had that opportunity, maybe they haven't mm. followed that path. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I remember because kind of one of the things you hear throughout your teens is like, oh, you know, school is some of the best year mm. of your, years of your life. And mm. I remember going throughout school and being like, God, I hope not. Mm. Um, and for me, actually, like getting a bit older and leaving school felt very freeing because, like you said, people in real life mm. are interested in authenticity. Mm. And I, I think there's definitely an element of that where it's like in normal day-to-day -day life, people are interested in other people who are honest and real. And I think that combined with, 
I think social media has been around long enough mm. now that people aren't as interested in seeing kind of shiny, glossy lives anymore mm. in the way that it probably would have been interesting like mm. 10 years ago. And so it's like actually people who are doing something interesting or do have something interesting about them, whether that is, you know, a quirk, a hobby, a lifestyle mm. choice is what people want to engage with now. Um, like, I, I think the way that we kind of use social media has transformed mm. a lot. Um, so what yeah. do you say if someone's, you kind of summarise, you talked about some of it previously, but to summarise, what would you say to someone, if someone's listening, whatever age you are, you know, you could come to new hobbies at any time in life. Some people take up things, you know, way later. But mm. for example, I, I started riding motorbikes, which I'm not saying that everyone should go riding <laughs> motorbikes, but as a hobby that started in my 30s and, you wow. know, it's something that's new for me and I, I really, you know, it gives me a lot of peace and I enjoy it. Um, what would you say to people that are perhaps worried about what other people think or just generally fearful of trying something new? I think just doing mm. something new in itself really seems scary. to have a sense of failure. Even yeah. if a task, you can't basically fail at the task, you feel like, oh, that's not normal or like it's not my normal. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm definitely like, because I also have ADHD actually. And so for mm. me, if I can't like immediately master something, I'm like, yeah, I'm bored, mm. I'm done now. And I think actually kind of, creating space in my life and kind of forcing myself to try new things does feel mm. really good even if sometimes I am a bit rubbish at them mm. but I think like doing something new is so good for you in terms mm. of like I don't know enrichment and quality of life mm. and just pure like joy and I think that's combined with the fact that almost every community every hobby is delighted when people want to try new mm. things and want to learn and want mm. to become involved, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, life's short. Mm. I think it's so important mm. that people go out and do the things mm. that they want to do that make them happy. I hope you're not offended by me saying this, but I'm actually, I did wonder, and I'd be lying if it hadn't crossed my mind when we were walking and talking and I was hearing about all the things you did as to whether you were neurodivergent, whether you had a ADHD. Yeah. I think um, perhaps we do have a tendency to do lots of things, yeah. perhaps even in the same space, but we have a tendency to to take risks, perhaps and do things that are that are different. And amongst the things like I've been learning about ADHD over the last year um, mm. since I was diagnosed, and I think one of the things I am grateful for, it's easy to kind of get frustrated with the drawbacks, but one of the things I am grateful for is that it has perhaps pushed me a little bit more to just, I just, I don't know where it comes from, but I just go for things, you know, and yeah. you go and do things. No, and that's... absolutely. And I think it, for me at least, one of the ways it manifests is when I really, really care about something, mm. it's like, yeah, I'm, or, or, or I'm really interested in something, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to go and do mm. it. Um, and you just, and you really do, don't you? I, You're yeah. like, right, I want to do it, not just thing, I'm going to do it right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, immediately, um, like wherever I am, it needs solving now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think like, I actually didn't get diagnosed until I was an adult, but I think kind of looking back throughout my childhood and teens, it kind of, it does, the way that I approached a lot of the things, the issues that I cared about, a lot of the campaigning, the everything, I think it does kind of explain why there was this like, 12 13 year old kid mm. going around being like right i'm gonna mm. deal with this right now um but yeah that's amazing it's amazing i think you know we uh, i think us neurodivergent lot we have um yeah we have a lot of things to be there's challenges a lot of things mm. that i think are amazing about it right you know I, I agree. i'm not quite on board with the let's turn it on to just looking as a superpower but i, I there's that ups and downsides to it but there are some amazing parts isn't there absolutely <laughs> 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Shall we do our health fact of the week? Charlie was uh, lining it up for us, so let's do it. So I haven't seen the health fact of the week. We are, this is how we do it. Is a, a new, actually, I think once or twice I have seen it, to be fair, but generally it is, is a blind reading, so we both nice. just see what it says and we react to it. Um, so a study published in Scientific Reports found that seeing or hearing birds improved people's mental well-being for up to eight hours. Nearly 1,300 people used an app to log their mood throughout the day and noting whether they could see or hear birds. The participants experienced significant improvements in well-being when they could hear and see birds, regardless of whether or not they had mental health conditions or not. Wow. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That is incredible, actually. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me Hmm. in that... um, I I was about to say something very biased. I was about to be like, birds are magical. Um, (laughs) But, like... I, I. that seems correct in my mind. Like, I feel like that slots up with the way that it, I feel you, you about feel? nature and the outdoors. Mm. Um, and in the UK, actually, we are so into our birds compared mm. to a lot of other countries. I think mm. we feed our birds more than any other country in Europe. Mm. And I feel like that lines up something. There's something mm. somehow, like, there's something so lovely about just having birds mm. flying around. So, I mean, that... that there is a nice and we put our links to the things in the in the show notes if you want to check out the uh the research and so on but i mean it, it, it it's a real encouragement i think of like you know what go and give it a try mm. you know and I, I mean anecdotally i mean i i you know the stomp cost community we've got like 150,000 stompers a month or whatever it is of people who stomp um we've got people in australia and the us which is really cool and you know i, I hear from all the messages I get about mm. people that listen to stomp cost, particularly from people who never walked for walking sake before. Mm. I mean, not going A to B actually to, just to go into nature for their yeah. mental health. How, how much difference is made to their lives? And perhaps I don't think directly about, oh, what about the other things, the experience they had, but probably they've been out, they've noticed birds or trees, or mm. they've looked at the lake or they've, you know, so there's probably a lot of what you enjoy that other people have experienced. And Absolutely, it makes sense yeah. to me from what people are saying people do feel better when they're in nature. Absolutely, and I think also, like, so many of us live such fast-paced lives that it's almost hard to reason with yourself that you have enough time in the day to do Mm. something that's seemingly pointless, like Mm. going on a ramble with no destination. Mm. And it's like, actually, I think almost those, almost 
when I say pointless, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But it's like not goal-orientated, yeah, isn't exactly. it? The goal is the process, not um, getting like, somewhere. Yeah, like process-based moments where you're just kind of allowing yourself to exist, mm. especially if you do have, like mm. we do now, birdsong behind you. It's like a full um, circle to where we started that I was mm. saying about the fishing and also for the bird watching. It's not necessarily about the end goal, is it? It's yeah. actually the, the process is the goal. The process is the outcome. In Absolutely, the sense, isn't it, of what, yeah. you, what you enjoy. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed having you on the Stompcast. It's been fantastic. I've really, really enjoyed it. And I, I'm going to get a copy of the book. What, what is you've written? Um, Bird Girl's the first book. What are the other books you've written? Um, I've also written a book called We Have a Dream, mm -hmm. which is um, essentially profiles of the work of 30 environmental activists of colour or indigenous mm -hmm. activists from mm -hmm. around the world just to kind of platform them and talk about the amazing stuff that mm. all of these people are doing. And I also have an illustrated kids book that came mm. out this year that is a following the journey of seven different birds migrating around the world. I saw that, that's amazing. Yeah. That could be an amazing way to introduce, maybe for those with children, to introduce mm. this to, to young people. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so what, just to finish then, what's what's next for you? What is the, the you're, you're in the third year of uni, you said, isn't I it? Am, yeah. yeah. So how's that going? Um, yeah, it feels really boring to say that my short-term goal is to get my degree. Um, I think that's but, a pretty good goal yeah, <laughs> in general. Then, yeah. Beyond that, um, I genuinely just think like continuing with the climate change campaigning, continuing mm. with Black to Nature, and then from there, yeah. um, I guess I'll figure it out. Well, I think that's a great way to be. Um, it's been really inspiring. I've really, really enjoyed it, and uh, I think you're you're awesome. So, thank you so much for coming on the Stompcast and uh, for sharing your your passion, what you love, with all of us in the community. Uh, and for everyone, as I said, you know, links in the show notes will be there. Check out the book, of course. Follow on Instagram, and yeah, go outside, go out and enjoy it. Right. We'll see you all on uh, behind uh, the Stompcast, which will be me, Charlie today. Abby's been taking some photographs. I've seen her in the distance, yeah. photographing <laughs> birds and things, uh, which will be put up on the on the Stompcast Instagram page. Uh, behind the Stompcast, we reflect on the conversation, we bring out key points, and also give some of our tips for coming to this location as well, uh, including bringing sun cream <laughs> for yes. sure. Um, so we'll do that on behind the Stompcast. So subscribe on Apple Podcast to access that. Dr. Alex's Diaries, which comes out every Thursday, and we do our ASMR. Um, uh, drops on there as well whatever you're up to uh, enjoy your day take care and thank you for being part of this community goodbye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.